This is Human V Robot, a podcast about the intersection of humanity and technology. Welcome to Human V Robot. I'm Andy Vanny, and I'm here with my sister Heather Halgrimson. Heather, how are you doing this week? Hey, Andy. I'm. Uh, you know, at this moment in time, I'm doing good. Doing good. Okay. Right here, right now. Yeah. 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 That's right. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, for w- Today, we're going to be talking about Internet of Things, but before that, we'll just do some quick updates. For this week, I was, uh, I- I've was i mentioned the Cortex podcast a few times already when we were talking about AI stuff, and um, they just released their yearly themes episode, which I've kind of been tracking with for the last few years. I think it's a great reframing of like the... New Year's resolutions always seem terrible to me because they're like unattainable and people fall off the wagon immediately, it seems like. Or even if you do last a while, like there's like, it's a really binary success or failure and usually failure. Whereas yearly themes are more of a way of framing it for like, what kind of things do I want to work on this year? And like Mm. more broadly, like, um, yeah. Mm. So... Like pick a word for the year or something. Yeah. I've heard about this before. Yeah. yeah. It's generally like trying to summarize like what kind of things you want to focus on. Um, and yeah, I was, I was just going to see about your feedback on that. Like, have you tried anything like that? Or is it, uh, does that sound interesting to you? It does sound really interesting to me. I love this like productivity and sort of like organizing your life culture stuff like this is my jam um so when you mentioned that i'm like oh yes like i'm ready for that okay (laughs) so i have a weird relationship with new year's resolutions though um i as everyone has i'm sure is set sort of fitness goals that haven't turned out and you know all of that sort of stuff and i find that in terms of like fitness intrinsic motivation is kind of the only way to go setting outside goals is not something i end up sticking to but everybody's different so maybe you kicked off your my most recent run of i've talked about my sort of uh, just like like of spin classes that i started one round in september and i just keep going also i'm paying for it so that has some pretty serious you know i keep showing up but it's not because i started at a certain time of the year it's just because i like going so um the one year though i set a goal of um doing less and caring less okay um so it's like an elimination goal um and weirdly enough i think i've maybe it's just getting older but i think i've managed to care less over time (laughs) but now sometimes i just like I don't know, like the impact on like how others see me now, I'm kind of worried about I'm like, well, what's the repercussion now that I'm not sitting around being a people pleaser all the time? Like maybe people just think I'm actually the worst. And am I okay with that? You know, so just kind of had to reckon with the fallout that happens with caring less about what people think is like sort of naturally, then you might be disliked um, because you're going to have strong opinions and not really care what people think of them. Um, so maybe there's a line between caring less and being a jerk. So just walk in that line. Haven't quite figured it out yet. I have no, uh, maybe I'll report back next year. Yeah. Um, yearly themes I have picked before, but honestly, none of them is coming to mind okay. for me, but I like that idea. Yeah. Yeah. I don't expect you to come up with one off the, like it's, yeah, I sprung that on. I don't know. Do you have one? <laughs> um, Do you, like, so, did you pick one? So last year was my year of movement. I just realized that I was becoming very sedentary so I had to move more without putting any specific yeah. fitness goals on that it got me walking more which is good like uh, and mm-hmm. I've now that uh 
my summer routine of walking outside has died down. I've really noticed it. I've been like, oh, I need to figure out how to make this work for the winter climate because it's, I, I definitely noticed it. Like it, it was some definite positive effects while I was doing that. And yes, I need to figure that out. But I, I haven't figured out my theme for the upcoming year yet. Um, and maybe I'll just continue on with that one or maybe I'll find something new. So, um, yeah, it just got me thinking about the, you know, what zooming out and setting some broader goals or, you know, that kind of thing. So cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I just, this is maybe too early to form this, but the one that's coming to my mind, which seems really silly, but I'll explain it okay. is making it a year just about results. So I think that what this is pushing back against is the sort of busy work that comes with a to-do list that sometimes we can check things off while not being brave enough to just really take things over the finish line and do the work that's necessary to get them actually done. Right. So sometimes then that means that projects stay on forever because you're just not get you know, not getting to them and you just say, well, it's because I'm busy. Right. Is it though? Or is it because there's some mental block that you can't overcome in order to get it out? Right. Um, and like starting this podcast was one of those things. It was just overcoming that mental block to getting it out. Yeah. But there's a few projects that I'm sort of like sitting on or working on that I'm like, it's not so much I got to get them done. Like I'm not being like, I got to grind it out next year. It's not that. Yeah. It's just I need to make the strategic decisions to eliminate the things that are just kind of like busyness or just let them go or lapse or whatever. Right. Um, and do the things that get me the results I want um, while still maintaining very strict work-life balance kind of things that I like to keep. Like I am not, I like to spend time with my family and be relaxed around them and do things for fun, you know. So I, I'm not, I don't want to work more. Yeah. I just want to, I don't know, I don't want to work more, but I want to get more done, Andy. I mean, that's all I want to do. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, be, becoming more efficient is definitely a good goal. And not even efficient maybe, but like, like I, I, I understand that like result-oriented, like, Leaving a yeah. bunch of things undone gives you so much to do, but it like doesn't yeah. make you more productive or doesn't make you... No, it, yeah. it makes you look busy. Yeah. But what is that about? Yeah. I'm done with the busy looking thing. <laughs> like just do the things that you need to do. Yeah. Cross them off. Just check it off and get it done. Get it out. Get it, you know, in your portfolio of done <laughs> things instead of just letting it sit there forever feeling comfortable in that busyness that it gives you that sort of the daily hive of activity yeah. you know so yeah so w one other point that i just thought of while you were saying that is like I, the thing i like about themes is they're broader than specific goals so like movement and actually you mentioning starting this podcast like for me that was actually part of movement because i was like yeah. it's 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 sort of changing my posture to be open to new things, trying new things and getting like move, movement is not just the physical, like sedentary lifestyle. It's like a mental thing too. So yeah, it's kind of cool. Cool. Okay. So my update was just firmly from the realm of like the weird tech things. Yeah. So um, this week in dystopian tech futures, <laughs> uh, your next favorite musician 
maybe it's a robot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so this is an article that we'll link uh, in the show notes that is a band, a K-pop band that is made up of avatars. Yeah. Um, and what you said before we were recording was really funny because there's a paragraph about, you know, how humans get tired and burnt out and, you know, sort of mental and physical distress. And like, you mean like being human? Like, I don't know, what, what are you talking <laughs> yeah, about here? Exactly. And then it's like, oh, the great thing about the avatars is they're not susceptible to this. It was like, because they're robots? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a band, it's real. And there are also other sort of bands mentioned in here. I don't know if that's the words they're using that are made up of human avatar combos. Um, so it's like 50-50 humans and people in avatars. Yeah. Um, and it seems like to me, I don't know if this is referenced anywhere, but it seems to me that they're voiced by people. Okay. So um, they're using recorded voices. But I can't imagine a world where you could just synthetically or, you know, like come up with music that's AI generated that's sung by AI voices and that's for an avatar like somebody just needs to like press the button on that I think but uh, yeah. but anyway lots of support for the um, K-pop band uh, made up of avatars yeah it's an interesting thing I, there was a movie I want to say like at least 10 or 15 years ago that something along this line like a, and, and I don't remember the name of it offhand but I feel like this has been in the works. This has been coming for a while because I think, yeah, it, it, it's an interesting, um, it's an interesting thing to think of. Like, is this will be will people be invested in these um, in these bands in these groups uh, the same way they are with legitimate human groups. Um, especially in like the pop sphere, because I find there's like, I, I feel like there's less personal investment in the people behind it as it is in like the, the cultural movement sort of thing. So I can, I can see in pop circles, this taking off, like this actually becoming equal or greater to like the, the actual traditional <laughs> pop groups. Um, even thinking about like how, like a lot of the groups, like going all the way back, like boy bands, like InSync, One Direction, they're all like manufactured essentially, right? Like the groups are put together by a mastermind that's not part of the group really, like a person that's orchestrating the whole thing, right? And people get invested in the group, but it's less, um, I guess it is like about some of the individuals, but uh, there's there's an, a level of, artificiality <laughs> to behind it as well that people are okay with mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah I, I think so i mean if you think about like there's a level of like personaism involved i think in a lot of pop bands right. um that like just going back to like say like the spice girls like sporty scary yeah. baby you know like they have personas um i think that's one thing that these avatars kind of do well is they create a very specific persona yeah um, because people it's hard to like though people have certain characteristics it's hard to sort of draw them to their logical conclusion of like a specific kind of person <laughs> yeah. um it, you know it did well with the spice girls and whatnot but it's um 
you know, and each person in the, like a that kind of context is often like this is this person or this is the this person. Yeah. With an avatar, you could absolutely take that as far as you wanted to. Yeah. Um, you know, one person could be sort of like a professional athlete slash, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, pop star or whatever. I guess it's possible. No limitations on what the person could do. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I have a hard time believing that I would have a lot of personal investment in a avatar only band. Um, I think I would still be looking for the human connection. So if there, if it was voiced by a singer, like who is that singer? Who's the, who's the voice? Um, who are they? So you're looking for the sort of like, where's the artistry in this? Like, where's the person creating? Um, because if it's like a machine, it seems a little like hard to get on side with, but you know, maybe that's just me being an old grump. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Even, even thinking about like when you say the person behind, like the, behind the voice, like I think back to like, even when I was young, the whole Millie Vanilli, I don't know if you even remember Millie Vanilli, but they were a band that basically they had two singers and they hired two guys to be the front, like to lip sync basically. And nobody knew they were lip syncing until it came out. And then it totally died. Like, it's not like the actual singers got famous or maybe they did. I, I don't actually know what happened to them, but as far as I could tell, like, it was like as soon as it was found out that they were lip syncing, nobody cared. It was um, so. Yeah, I, I feel like even if you did find out who was say, actually singing, maybe like pop groups are kind of this um, this collection of performance and like like you said like spice girls are a good example of like they almost made them into avatars right yeah 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 so it is this collection of image and artistry and and production like production is a huge part of it yeah. right um yeah exactly yeah interesting <laughs> okay interesting well we'll we'll keep following the music industry's adoption of avatars yeah. as musicians yeah. see where that ends up sounds good yeah so for t- today we wanted to talk about internet of things and i think just from my research i think this is probably going to be one of our least controversial topics from the last few weeks from the last little okay. while because yeah. i think it's it's very interesting but it's it's almost less interesting because it is actually here and it's actually part of our lives it's there's not a lot of theoretical of how is it going to work um yeah but i think it's still worth looking at like how is it affecting our lives um so just from a broad um overview standpoint like we're talking about basically any technology like quote unquote smart technology that's integrated into our lives so any non-computer essentially that we're interacting with um so this is affecting our lives this first article was kind of a broad overview the first one i linked from nordic it that's basically saying where it's affecting our lives is in and i think these are kind of the reverse order because healthcare i it is somewhat affecting our lives, driving and traffic, groceries, energy consumption, and wearable technology. So all of these things are things that are currently being impacted by IoT 
technologies or will be soon, I think. And I think like the most obvious one is like wearables like Apple Watch and Fitbit and those ones I think are the most substantial actual changes to how we live right now. Um, and other ones like um, like internet connected devices like like the baby monitors, the the things in your house that are connected to the internet. Um, smart plugs and lights and stuff like that are definitely there, but I think they're maybe less interesting because they're like just utility kind of devices. And even smart TVs, like the fact that your TV can connect to the internet is, you know, it changes maybe your how you use it, but it doesn't really change your life dramatically. Or maybe maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't know. What do you think about that? No, I don't think so. I think the one thing that I wanted to bring out with this is to return to a very early, I think one of my earliest updates was about buying an oven yeah. after mine broke, or I broke mine, sorry, um, fried the control board, <laughs> and uh, looking at different ovens and the features on them. And one of them was sort of enabled with Wi-Fi connectivity, and I just like could not imagine the use case for that. Right. Like I was like, so I'm at work and I turn the oven on to preheat. Like, I don't know, I have to prep this stuff anyways. So like, I just preheat it when I'm in the kitchen. Like I I can't imagine why I would ever do that. Yeah. Like, um, it, like you have to take the stuff out. So I was like, unless there's like robot arms taking stuff out and putting stuff in yeah. and mixing the cookie dough, I don't understand why I would possibly need this to be connected. And then you talked about how it's kind of about the packaging that is the problem, right. is the sort of interfacing with the different pieces of tech. Like, that's why I think like you're saying things like I'm wearing my Apple Watch right now. This kind of technology is so successful because it's 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 packaging the things up that apply to, you know, your person that you want to have some monitoring of into an interface that is just very useful to me. Yeah. So I tell it when I'm exercising, I close those loops and I feel good about myself. Like I did it, you know, yeah. done. Um, but uh, when it comes to my home tech, there's just no single unifying source of truth for all of my devices. Yeah. Um, they're all enabled somehow, like not all of them, but some of them. And even if I got everything that was enabled, but to sort of tie a nice bow on it and turn that into a good user experience is just something that I am not capable of doing or not really interested in doing because I don't really see how that's going to make my life any better. Right. Yeah, I think it, it is like one of the main issues I pointed out in, my, in the notes is like the lack of standardization is a major issue. But it's, but to get to standardization, we almost need those patterns, those use cases, which I think, like, uh, like technophiles like me, especially ones that aren't super connected to the Apple ecosystem, even though I have a MacBook, like, um, I'm not like fully bought into it, and I think like w people like me really uh, don't like the Apple aesthetic of like the, the walled garden, like the closeness of it. But yeah. in a sense, you do need that kind of um, that vision, that comprehensive vision of how everything ties together to to prove out the use cases, right? Yeah, and, to demonstrate its value. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I think the Apple Watch has been super successful is like Apple has been able to, like, even though they've clo really closed it down, it's not an open standard by any stretch. 
they have made a device that integrates really well and yes. yeah and with with their whole fitness sort of package and lifestyle yeah not even fitness just it's like a lifestyle device right right exactly and it connects like nicely like you can pick up calls on your watch that then you send to your phone or find your phone from your watch which is something that there people are like well my like smart watch does that but it doesn't really work properly or whatever i'm like mine works all the time <laughs> yeah. like every single time so i'm like the only person who could ever find their phone in our house because i'm like it always <laughs> pings it right. properly yeah. Um, but you know, when you're in the you when you're in the system, and I've kind of just chosen to be in the system because I'm just annoyed at how things don't talk to each other. Yeah. So I'm like I'm in the walled garden and I'm enjoying the plants right now, <laughs> yeah. um, because it's just like it all just works together. Yeah. Um, and I'm not the kind of person who really cares to make my own stuff. Um, whereas like I see other people who are just like, I need this to be uh, editable somehow. Like I can't, I don't want to just take it out of a nice white box and have it all just like yeah. work. Like I want to customize it. Yeah, it is. It is frustrating for someone like me when those devices, because you're at the mercy really of the use cases they've planned out for you. And, and yeah. if it doesn't do that, there is no there's no real recourse, whereas with a lot of other devices there is, but you pay a huge complexity cost in that. Like you have to, because you don't get the nice use cases built for you, you have to build out everything yourself, which is, you know, there's trade-offs on both sides. And I, I think it's going to get substantially more complex in the coming years as, as more of these things, um, get worked into our lives, get integrated into our lives. Um, especially like even with like, uh, the smart plug, I think I, I had mentioned that when we were talking way back, like the smart plug is great and I've got it integrated into Google home now. So it like is a one click thing, but it's, um, it's still, there's still complexity and the complexity is growing. If if I think about adding more of that into my life, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. So that like the kind of hypothetical Jetsons future where everything is like <laughs> super integrated is seems like a long ways off still. Um, yeah. Okay. So here's a thought too. Um, I always like have these half baked theories. So here's this week's half baked theory: okay. is the um, the this is very human v robot um perspective is that companies that want to sell us stuff in order to maximize the profits for their shareholders are the ones dictating like the lifestyle paths that we choose so like you said there's these prescribed options for how you use it there's these use cases yeah like for fitness or whatever like you know this is the kinds of things you like to do as this kind of person they change you know distill different people and preferences into customer personas to sell them stuff, right? Because the more you know people, the more you can sell them stuff. Yeah. But the more predictable people are, the more easy it is to sell them more stuff, right? So there's a little bit of, I wonder if there's a little bit of a shaping effect here where this, and I don't know if this is like a modern phenomenon or just like a very ancient one, I'm not sure. But it's just that, that you know, sort of shaping thing that goes on into um, like, to try to create these clear 
customer pathways when it comes to Internet of Things technologies yeah. in order to unify it into something that's cohesive, just turns it into this sort of like standardized. So we're just sort of standardizing, standardizing, standardizing. And then this is shaping personalities and preferences, maybe. I don't know. We've talked about right. this earlier, about this sort of shaping effect on personalities and preferences when it comes to recommendation algorithms. Because again, it's just feeding you content that you like to see, more of it, reinforcing those preferences, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I'm not sure to what extent it's like big tech companies um, wanting to sell us stuff end up, I mean, this is sounding very anti-capitalist, but <laughs> you know, end up sort of shaping personalities into certain sort of like, you're on that path and you're on that path and you're on that path. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, there may be part of that. I, I think... It is kind of a reinforcement cycle, though, I think, like, um, if it's not useful, it's not like it doesn't get reinforced, like, which is like why yeah. I think fitness technologies in particular, I was surprised how uh, broadly and quickly they got adopted. And but looking back, it kind of makes sense. Like, even me, like, as I said, in my update, like walking more all of a sudden my phone is, you know, congratulating me on how many steps I've gotten. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'm, oh, I'm yeah. glad. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for noticing. Wow, yeah, nice. Really nice. <laughs> thank you. Yes. Wow. I can't believe it. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, that, that does make sense. If you can do it in a way that's like adds some value to someone's life, then it makes sense. But I think, um, yeah, I think, I think that's less clear with, uh, with other devices, maybe like I, I think it's yeah. yeah, it's much harder for a um, like a, a manufacturer of a smart light bulb to say this is the clear use case. This is gonna, how it's going to make your life better. It's like yeah. okay, it's cool that I can turn it off from from you know while I'm driving. <laughs> that doesn't. It's not. It's not changing my life in any way. And I'm not, it's not this like feedback cycle. It's just like a kind of cool feature, right? Um, yeah, it's not changing how I operate in the world. No. At the mercy of like customer demands or whatever, ultimately. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, so I, I, I think there's probably more things that will have the same kind of positive feedback loop that, that fitness devices had, but... I think there's also this other category of just like sort of nice to have everything connected. But the, but the downside um, is definitely like that they are dependent on connectivity generally for, for functionality and not only connectivity, but connecting to like most devices like this connect to a specific server. So like the manufacturer operates that server. As soon as it goes down, it's likely that device just stops working. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that's a major problem that like I, that standardization is trying to fix. Like in the case of Apple, I don't think there's any, you know, reasonable path to seeing Apple like drop completely dropping, but they do yeah. drop support for sp devices. So like, cause like I have a, I have an old iMac that just can't get updated cause it's, uh, it's yeah. too old. And so I need to, um, so like whether they're, uh, like, I'm not actually sure, like they have their air tags and I haven't used them, 
but they do similar to like what you were saying about your um your your watch or your phone right it can find you can just connect your air tags to your keychain and find find your keys anywhere in the house right or um and i don't actually know what the life cycle of that is like is that gonna like are they gonna support those indefinitely probably because people would be really mad if they didn't but but not necessarily right like it's not an open standard so they could drop that um yeah even even airdrop is something like device to device communication that they have dropped support for previous generations like i have that same old iMac i can't actually airdrop from the oldest version to the newest version. There's kind of an in-between area where the, that device can connect to the old and the new, but yep. it's not guaranteed. And I think that is a ma- major issue with all IoT devices is like, how long are they gonna be supported? Is this thing just gonna be a brick because the company has decided to stop supporting it? Um, yep. Yeah, that's an issue. Yeah, <laughs> okay. So that's a that's a big one with uh, the Internet of Things. The other thing that um, is like the most obvious to me, but I think bears just sort of like mention at least is uh, cybersecurity. I mean, there was oh, there's like, you know, when I was using baby monitors regularly and everyone's you see a post somewhere, check your baby monitors, you know, <laughs> yes. they could be hacked. Totally. And I was like, yeah. well, OK, like, what are they going to see? But also like that's kind of you like. That's not what you want. Some creep just like hacking into your baby monitor or whatever. Um, So anything that's, you know, any IoT technology could be hacked as far as I know. I mean, if it's out there, whatever, it's connected to something. um, So I think this is, and I think there's a lot of different, we know this is an issue and the people are working on this in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Yeah, so on that note like there is a lot of a lot of things to consider like one like one specific one is like your bank card is basically iot technology right like the tap to pay is like using rfid and nf nfc like communication basically to communicate something from the card to the reader right banks are really concerned about security so that's a tough one to crack obviously like those ones are going to be the hardest but a baby monitor is produced for pennies right and like they they those ones are extremely easy to hack so like there's a huge spectrum of security um and sometimes like in the exact example the last example i put in the notes like the gas centrifuges is like surprisingly like people wouldn't even think this is possible and so what what happened basically this stuxnet was a virus that infected pretty much all windows machines but wouldn't do anything unless it was connected to one of these gas centrifuges and thousands of these in the nuclear program in iran were taken down because of this virus that was not like basically laid hidden and so it's like a really shocking virus that that um um like you wouldn't think this this kind of device how is it how is it going to be susceptible to attack right and it it's basically just through 
like the combination of factors you get with IoT because every device is connected to every other device. Um, and so you, you, in a lot of cases, you only have to find the one device in the chain that's vulnerable. Um, there was an, another example as I was reading about this, like um, about a casino getting hacked through uh, aquarium control circuit <laughs> controller <laughs> like so they the controller from the aquarium i i don't actually like they didn't have deep details on it but basically okay, i was trying to figure out if that was stood for something else but you you mean an actual like yeah legit aquarium like that okay. was monitoring the aquarium in the casino and oh, okay. they they hacked that device and got basically got access to other devices through that because anything within the network was trusted between other devices. So like okay. it's kind of one of these cases of like the the weakest link sort of thing and, right. poor, and combined with poor entry. network uh, security kind of practices. Right. Um, right, right. Like the more doors you open, yeah. uh, it just ends up just any door could be a weakness. Yeah. So it's like if you have a thousand windows in your house, anyone could break in. Yeah, <laughs> through any of them. Yeah, and, and then adding and adding and adding. Yeah, and then other other devices like industrial devices where you, people don't see any uh, reason for hacking them. Often the security is much lower. Like there's been lots of examples of like um, like the sci highway signs, like the digital highway signs and lights and stuff. Like you. I'm sure everyone's seen that in movies where like, oh, this hacker just uh, do, 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 I'll just hack all it. Green. Yeah, they're all yeah. green. You know, like yeah. that is generally not, not possible. Like m movies take a lot of liberties when it comes to computer hacking that are not realistic. Uh, sure. But it's totally like theoretically possible for sure. Like that um, there are, cases where the, these things are vulnerable just because there is something in the chain that someone hasn't thought about or hasn't, you know, thought about the security of them. Um, but so, so the unrealistic part of that is basically generally to find those vulnerabilities takes months or years of like probing and, and putting together the whole picture of where, it, where you could inject vulnerabilities, right? Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's not like someone just has the idea and then hacks it in an hour. <laughs> Ge <Sure>. Generally. <laughs> um, just for the, just for the cinema, yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Although disclaimer on that, I'm, I'm not a security expert by any stretch. Like it's something I think every software developer has to think about, but it's not my main focus by any stretch. So. There's, there's probably people that could give much better answers on that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely something to consider with these. Anything connected to the internet, any devices, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the last thing that I wanted to talk about um, on this topic is just something that I bumped up against a few times, which is that... Um, like, I think, like you said, this is a very controversial topic. Lots of things that we're already working with today are IoT technologies. And there's still a lot of potential and sort of, again, like non-controversial ways that we're developing things that will assist 
lots of people do their jobs better, lots of people grow food better that we need to, that we want to eat, feed more people in the world. Um, so I think there's a real potential to develop technologies. I think the one thing that I wanted to bring out though is that sometimes something so obvious is the thing that's actually the problem. Um, and for like when it comes to growing food that people need to eat, uh, food is often grown in places that don't have great internet connection. Yeah. So broadband, especially like in rural Canada, is a huge problem. Um, broadband access and we just don't have the speeds and connections that we need for a lot of farms to get um, their machines online basically right. so monitoring you know soil conditions or you know temperatures or you know levels of fertilizer or um, you know different things with their animals and all, all these kinds of things that could really help optimize and make more sustainable growing practices because we're just being so responsive to the you know the hyper localized conditions and things that's actually happening right at the moment to get those feeds is the challenge isn't so much that we can invent the technology. The problem is that we can't connect them to anything that has any value. Right. So um, this is kind of a topic that's, you know, for another day or conversation for a different way. But I think that's that's the one thing that I just wanted to point out is that the broadband access around the world might be the thing that, I mean, we just need a certain level of connection and we need to keep building that in order to make these technologies continue to function yeah. and do their job well. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, there, there's a number of, um, things to go along with that. And, um, like say what you want about Elon, but Starlink was like, is pretty vision visionary, like adding, like being able to have, um, those satellites in place to provide connection to places that are just physically impossible to get like wired connections to that's that's pretty transformative i think um but yeah it, even with with that considered it's going to be a long road to get everything connected with yep. yeah with the kind of speeds like generally iot devices don't need a ton of bandwidth like yep. they're not streaming netflix or they're not you know doing all that stuff yeah, exactly, right like yeah. they are sending very small data packets generally yep. although like yeah. The baby monitor monitor example is probably a good counter example because they're they're streaming video from your house to to the internet where you can consume it, um, but for the most part they are not sending a ton of data. So um, yeah, but good call out. That's definitely an, a factor that's you know preventing broad adoption, and I think like price is also a thing like it's it's always going to be a thing like um what is the extra added cost of adding these this technology to your devices and sometimes those costs are like not obvious like i think there's uh there's definitely issues when you bring up ag agriculture like um there's issues with how connected like tractors are for example in that the the manufacturer is completely in control of that even after you've bought it which is like right. uh i know there's been some major issues with that in the past and even ongoing issues that people don't like the assumption is that you buy what you've bought is 
control over the entire device, right? Even if the device is a tractor, <laughs> like this giant. <laughs> but you bought a subscription. Tractor, right? <laughs> you end up. You've bought a subscription, basically. Yeah, essentially. Uh, yeah. When it comes to like making repairs and upgrades, it needs to go through them, essentially. Um, yeah. And that's yeah, that's not not great. And um, yeah. I think it's something that needs to be considered like for all devices you buy, like what is the upgrade path? What is the maintenance path? You know, like, Oh, and as you mentioned before, what's the sort of schedule of obsolescence that's planned for the product? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so when does it stop getting up updates or upgrades? Um, and then just becomes a regular old tractor or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's probably there's actually a lot of other examples of that because like that that's an issue I'm definitely fairly deeply uh, like I care about that sort of thing. I like I think it's a big problem when you buy something but don't have full control over it. Um, just just for like the long term viability of that. Like I think once the if you're dependent on another service being there for the operation of your device you you're basically renting it like you said like you don't have full autonomy to do what you want with that device mm -hmm. um yeah I, I mean even if sometimes you do you're stuck like sometimes it's it's very not transparent how you will actually be like in a contract to a company for a certain right I know that this is a problem with like sort of home security systems that you're like, you could shop that around to get security from somewhere else, like the, the monitoring, but yeah. it's like getting out of those contracts. is just like absolutely wild. Um, and it's not clear often, I think to the people buying them that that's going to be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And especially when you're considering like uh, people that may not be as connected, like say you're sending uh, water filters or medical equipment to Africa, you know, like if that stuff is dependent on a company here uh, supporting it for the, you know, it, it's, it, it gives that like a potentially vulnerable population less autonomy, right? Like they, they can't, they, they don't have ownership um, and are subject to, like you said, some kind of contracts or whatever it is, uh, services being online. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So IOT tech cooperative <laughs> ownership, new proposal. Uh, just <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. Uh, I, Sorry. Yeah, I, took I it think there. there's, there's a pretty fairly big community of people that care about this thing. So I don't think it's like yeah. totally, you know, we're not breaking new ground with this, but no, uh, I don't think so. But I think it's something important to consider. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Okay. Um, right. Well, that's uh, I. You know, I, I wanted to give this topic at least a little bit of like, uh, at least a brush over because yep. I think it's something like sort of big in tech that's just kind of happening or ongoing. So I'm glad we did it, even though it wasn't our controversial, most controversial topic. Yeah. I think it's okay, um, mix and match. So um, yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for chatting, okay. Heather. Sounds good. Okay, we'll see All you right. next week. Talk to you next week. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. To hear all our episodes, search for Human V Robot wherever you find your podcasts.